0: Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited for my guest today. His name is Logan Wilson. He is a soon-to-be husband, and he's the starting linebacker for the, for the Cincinnati Bengals. So, Logan, welcome to the podcast. Christian, thanks for having me. Man, I'm so, I'm so happy for you to be here. Like we said, we have not met in person, but we have uh, some mutual friends, and luckily, luckily we're able to, to get to meet virtually with technology. So it's, it's awesome to get to chat with you today.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to
0: it. Well, I want to do something different today. So normally, the th- the the theme of the podcast at the very end, I ask whoever is on to give a physical and a spiritual challenge. And today, I'm thinking about maybe switching it up a little bit. So I don't mean you, th- I don't mean to throw you for a loop here, but uh, we'll start the episode with a physical and a spiritual challenge for the week.
1: Okay, so the physical challenge that I came up with. Um, I think it's probably a little different than what most people are thinking of in terms of like, oh, you should go get a lift in this day or run this X amount of miles. Um, I chose to do on your own time, do some form of recovery um, for yourself every single day, whether that's yoga, sauna, foam roll, massage gun, etc., cetera, um, things like that. Because I feel like sometimes people work so hard and we forget the recovery aspect of our training that uh, that's it's so important to do that kind of stuff. Uh, and then for a spiritual challenge, um, my fiance and I just started doing this. Is we start um, our mornings listening to like worship Christian music, um, just to start the day on a on a good note while we're just having coffee, hanging out, um, chatting, trying to wake up our eyeballs a little bit in the morning. So um, that is the spiritual challenge that I have.
0: Well, there you go. Awesome. I love it. Well, I like I I like the way that feels. I like I like these challenges at the beginning. Well, my first question is, because um, I'm just super curious. So first off, like I said, you uh, you play football for the Cincinnati Bengals and you just uh, had the opportunity to play it in a Super Bowl. Um, so what was that experience like? And was that one of the coolest moments of, of your career so far?
1: 100%. I think that it was just such a surreal uh, experience to even – have that opportunity honestly it's just one of those games that since you start playing football as a little kid that's like the ultimate game you dream of playing in um and then just being able to see i think that where, where it came like full circle was you see all these like these celebrities you know the big name guys like i'm a huge fan of the rock for example and seeing him on the field right in front of me is like this is i mean this is crazy this is what about what it's all about and um you know I was very thankful we had that opportunity to play in that game. Obviously we wish we could have won that game and come out on top, but um there's there's still so many positives from that entire season that we could take from that experience and um just carry on from and move forward.
0: Yeah, well cuz even I feel like post like I feel like in the playoffs like y'all were always kind of like the underdog, you know. So I really I really thought that y'all were going to pull it off. I really did. I know. I was I
1: was hoping we would. Um uh, but,
0: you know, we just came up a few plays short here and there. And, um, you know, there's, I always like, I
1: always, it always puts into perspective that life is a lot bigger than the wins and losses in football.
0: Yeah. What was, what was, what was one of the biggest takeaways that you got, you know, from, from coming up short from that?
1: Um, I think it just taught us a lot about like the culture, like the guys that we have in that locker room because um, my first year, that we just have a different culture now than we did in my first year. You know, you know, that coaching staff, they're trying to weed some guys out that didn't fit their culture. Um, and the guys we have now are just team-first guys uh, that don't care about stats. Like, they don't care about who gets the sacks, the touchdowns, interceptions, fumbles, tackles, all that kind of stuff. They just care about winning. And I think that um, that carries a long way when you're trying to have a lot of team success.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to ask because... I texted I texted Adam Klink after it happened. It, it, it was near the end of the game, and you got a holding call called on you. It was like maybe third down, I think, and mm-hmm. it was like on the five-yard line, and I think it was Cooper Cup, I think, and you yep. got a holding call, and I texted Adam. I was like, I completely disagree with that. So what – I mean, because I honestly think if that was not called, y'all had so much momentum, I really think that y'all would have won the game. Yeah, I mean <laughs> – what, what do you think?
1: I definitely would agree with you. Should have, could have, would have, you know, but – um, that's a tough call. I had so many people come up to me um, about that call. They're like, "That's not a great. That's a bad call." Um, you guys would have won. I, you know, I would have if we, the call didn't happen. I know I would have taken our chances. Um, you know, fourth and goal from like the ten yard line or whatever to win. The Super that's what I'm Bowl. saying.
0: I really think y'all would have won if, if 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 that call didn't happen because yeah. I, I I don't I don't I don't think you held them.
1: No, I, I mean. I don't think I did either, but
0: <laughs> it's. But, I, sometimes, but he's, here's the deal. he's, he's with pretty that. quick.
1: No, I know the the deal with that is like it's hard, but also I try to put myself in that ref shoe. He's trying to make a split second decision of whether or not it was holding, and it it from the, his angle, it might have looked like it, but um, I don't know. It it just it is what it is. There's nothing yeah. I can do about it well, now. You know.
0: Did you have like were you were you super nervous going into that game or like? you know, through training and preparation and film, like, yeah. Like, at, w- at, at what point do you, you know, ditch the nerves? Is it like midway through the first quarter or like before the game or for you personally, like, what is that process like?
1: Uh, for me personally with the nerves, I would say it's always like that first, just that initial contact. It's like, okay, we're good. Like knock it all off. Um, and then, you yeah. know, at the end of the day, it's still the same football game that I've been playing since I was a little kid back here yeah. in Wyoming. Um, that's what it comes down to. Like you don't make it, you don't need to make it any bigger than it needs to be. Um, obviously it's the biggest game in the world, um, playing in Super Bowl, but it's still football that we've been playing every game up to that point. Um, and so you just yeah. kind of have to simplify it and just, um, kind of fall back on your training and preparation that you've done what you can up to that point and just let everything else take care of itself.
0: Yeah. So you played at the university of Wyoming, um, And now you're playing for the Bengals. And then even from like high school, like what's been the most, you know, surprising transition going from like high school to Wyoming, Wyoming to, to playing in the NFL?
1: Um, I think it's just the, the competition level, honestly, you know, I just like high school and then you go from high school to college and everyone in college is one of their, was one of the best athletes at their respective high schools. Right. Right. So then, that number gets smaller, and then it goes even smaller when you get to the NFL. Um, and like in the NFL, there's there's no bad football players. They're just it's just the nature of the league, and um, it definitely took some time adjusting to it because being from Wyoming, like our high school competition level is not necessarily the same as Texas or Florida or California. You know, we don't produce constant Division One talent, so to say. Um, yeah. And so it definitely took some getting used to. I did redshirt and then um, just got used to the physicality part of it. But that redshirt year definitely helped me develop.
0: Yeah. How much faster does the game move like when you when you make that jump to the NFL? Oh. I mean, is it just like ridiculous?
1: Yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing for me with the position I play specifically is just how fast those offensive linemen move and get off guys and get to the next level towards us. I think I mean it's just insane that guys that are six five, three hundred forty pounds can move that fast.
0: Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, it really is crazy. Like, because I mean, you you watch on TV and it's like, I feel like it doesn't do it justice in the sense of like, I mean, it does somewhat, but like, putting yourself in the shoes of like it actually happening, like live, like live speed like it's crazy like at how fast the receivers you know yeah. can make a cut or how fast the tight end gets wide open or how fast the running back like this the the speed is so crazy
1: yeah i know there's no slow players it's just it's a fast game and it just like your reaction time has to be even faster with how you see stuff and react to yeah.
0: it yeah yeah we kind of talked a little bit before the show started just on on you know training differences of training from college to NFL um, what is like for you personally, um, you know, as a, like as a team collectively, like do y'all train together? Do you, do you kind of follow your own plan or, or what do you, how do you, how do you train?
1: Yeah, we train, we train together. Like during OTAs, um, there'll be specific, this, the spring portion of, um, our off season stuff, there'll be specific workouts that we'll do, um, as a team. And really the whole time there's like, like during the season, there'll be, um, uh, like typically for us, we have like two days of workouts during the throughout a typical like game week. Um, and then got some guys will come in on their own and do extra stuff. But those are the two that like are mandatory that we all have to go in at a certain time and do.
0: What's your what's your favorite style of training? My favorite style of training? Um
1: I would definitely say probably just weightlifting in general. Yeah. But I think that what I've learned now is like at this point, it's not all about seeing how much weight you can lift all the time. Um, I've just gotten a lot smarter with like the recovery aspect, nutritional aspect, um, and just being able to like, um, what i am trying to say? Like there's, there's so many different forms of ways you can exercise instead of just constantly like doing the running and weightlifting and just like just wearing on your joints over time you know there's different ways you can still get in shape like for example we have a peloton which in college you know i never would have had that but now it, there's just different things you can like tap into um to keep your body healthy and at your at that body maintenance phase
0: yeah well you just you just you just brought up nutrition and i feel like if I ever ask, you know, on this, on social media or or people listening to the podcast, that's always one of the biggest questions is like, talk about nutrition. And I, uh, I'm not the most, I mean, granted, like I am to an extent conscious of like nutrition, but Mm -hmm. I just know for myself personally, like I've made unhealthy habits of it in the past. Um, so I tend to, I tend to stray towards like train harder, and then worry about food less um but being being in the NFL and you know as as disciplined as you have to be you know through training and, and through nutrition what how, what like i guess what i'm trying to say is like what does your nutrition look like are you, are you really regimented or are you pretty you know lenient or how how does how does that work for you
1: um i would say that my fiance and i eat, we eat really healthy and i think that there is levels to like nutrition because in terms of like ingredients, because there's can be people that are that say like, "Oh, I'm gonna eat some chicken, rice, and broccoli," but then there's you know what is being pumped into that chicken is it organic. Like, there's just so many different things that you can break it down to, um, and that's just stuff I've learned as I've gone on. Like when I was in college, like we had a training table where we could eat healthy, but sometimes on a weekend, like you would want to go get McDonald's. So you're trying to put on weight and it's cheap. You're, you're you you know don't have much money in your pocket, so. You're trying to find a way to get those calories in. Um, but for us, like during the season, um, there's, we don't have like a, we just usually have a protein, a carb, and a fat source essentially. Um, and then s- veggies. Veggies are really important for recovery, but we don't have like a specific, like, oh, I got to eat this this day. It's just, we change it up each week. Um, and Tuesdays are our off days uh, during the season. So Tuesdays is my, is what I'll do my, my cheat day um where i just basically eat whatever i want um that day like and i'm for me That's my awesome. biggest cheat is donuts
0: um
1: really but what's weird is there's actually a lot of science behind a refeed so like after i broke my body down sunday for a game and then i've done I, we weightlift on monday so tuesday and then i just eat i just do a cheat day where i can just replenish all of my stores in my body um I usually feel a lot better Wednesday than I do Thursday, which is weird. But I think it's because of that science behind the refeed of like you you burn so many calories and your body is just running low um, that you just feed it up and build put those fuel levels to the top.
0: Yeah, are you big? Are you a big ice bath guy?
1: Um, occasionally, I I've got I've learned about some other things. I used to like in college. That was a lot. That was really all we had it was like a hot cold tub. Um, that I would get into, but uh, like now I have like the NormaTech boots at my house. Um, yeah, I do like therapy. I, I need to get
0: a pair of those. Those are those are
1: legit. Oh yeah, they flush your legs out for sure. They're handy. They have these. Have you seen the uh, game Readies? Have you heard uh, of the game ready? So, no, like, what, you, no.
0: Whatever Klink had, I think I think Klink had the NormaTech. Yeah, yeah. I, I used those when I was. Up well, there. they have a.
1: Um, these are super expensive. I don't even know. I don't, I don't think only like training staffs can get them, but. Um, when I have my surgery, it's essentially like a compression, but then it puts the uh put runs like ice cold water through it, so it's doing compression oh, plus the ice, so it's like double whammy. That's but cool. I don't know if you can get those for your legs either.
0: Yeah, well, I'll have to I'll, I'll, I'll have <laughs> to look into that. Yeah, the Nordic tech boots would, but it's yeah. If you if you I mean if you if you weight train on Monday, like I mean, you are you going heavy on Monday or are you going light on Monday? Because I, I would imagine. That was why I asked about the ice bath. I mean, I'm sure after playing a, a football game you're just beat. I can imagine yeah. lifting heavy the day after. Yeah.
1: Um, we do lift it's decently heavy on Mondays. And but it's more it's not like that many lifts, if that makes sense. Like it's more of a trying to just get your body, get blood flowing again because after you sit the night before, all that blood just sits there and doesn't get moved around. So it's good to get the body moving again. A lot of Epsom salt baths. Those are
0: handy. Well, I love, I love that donuts are your cheeks. I think I would say milkshakes are mine. Oh,
1: I can't pe- big, turn down a milkshake either.
0: <laughs> I'm a big Baskin Robbins milkshake guy. We don't have a Baskin Robbins here. I don't even know if we have one in Cincy. Baskin Robbins, I, I, I don't know. I, I go there a decent bit. Um, because I can be. It's just like, I don't know. Like I, 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 I tend to try not to like, you know, count calories, but at the same time, still be conscious of like. So typically my rule is like throughout the day I'll eat healthy and then when dinner time comes I just won't think about it. I'll just basically just kind of eat whatever I want. And I don't know to what ex- to to when that's that that will catch up to me. Um, but for now I'm just I'm just letting it ride. I'm just enjoying that. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I mean I'm sure, I'm sure there's going to come a point where I need to like make a make a change of that, but I put down a good bit of food at nighttime.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of, like, what kind of food do you
0: eat? Well, typically, like, for if, I, if I, for breakfast, like, I'll have, like, there's this place in town, um, like, I'll get, like, a smoothie, and then I'll eat, um like, breakfast tacos. Yeah. And then for lunch, I'll usually just get some, like, grilled chicken from somewhere, or I'll make some, like, toast or some, like, Kodak waffles or something like that with a protein shake. Yeah, yeah. And then dinner time, it depends. Like, Sadie's dad cooks a bunch, so, like... For instance, like last Saturday, we had, it was like almond crusted fish, uh, lobster mac and cheese, and then um, like Baja shrimp tacos. And then he made this like, he made some like cookies for dessert. So like we do that all the time and I'm not like, I'm sure there's a ton of calories in the (laughs) lobster mac and cheese. There's like four different cheeses on top of it. But like, I don't know. I just, I just throw it all on my plate. I'm not like, okay, this is one ladle. This is probably about, I don't know, 800. Like I just eat it. Um, But usually like, like last night we had a basket with like a a rec league basketball game. And for dinner, I had like a burger, like five chicken strips and then a milkshake. Um, But yeah, yeah, see, so I'm like, I mean, I worked out that morning and then I had Chick-fil-A for lunch, some grilled chicken, then like a spicy sandwich. Then I had some, like, protein bars and protein shakes, protein shake. And then I just kind of ate whatever I wanted after the basketball game. Because so I'm like, I don't want to go, like, you know, eat just this, this certain meal. I'm like, I just burned a bunch of calories. I don't want to really think about it. I love a burger. I'm just going to eat a burger. Yeah. No,
1: I don't really believe in counting calories either to an extent. I feel like then become obsessive.
0: Yeah, I, I, I've just heard – you know, I know a ton of people struggle with that. Just like, I don't know. I think that's how unhealthy habits form of like, cause that was for me. Like I was, when I was earlier in college, I was so like disciplined to like meeting this mold of like, I'm going to eat this much at this time, this many calories. And it was like, that took away from like going out to eat with friends or like, you know, if I saw a donut, I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I can't eat a donut. And I'm like, that just, it, it was so unhealthy. Yeah. And I'm like, I would rather train harder and then not really think about if okay this 250 calorie donut with however many carbs. I don't really care. I'm just going to eat it and not think about it. Yeah. So that's for me. So well, that's that. Like I said, I'm I'm riding that for as long as I can. As long as it works. Yeah. There you go. Well, I want I want to ask you this question. You know, with with playing football and you know as a believer, do you ever wrestle with like? you know, finding your identity and, and, and playing the sport that you play?
1: I, do I ever wrestle with it, you're saying?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, do you ever, like, you know, wrestle with that idea of, like, you know, if – I don't know. Like, I like, have if, like, if you got – yeah.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's – I feel like it's natural to an extent because of – almost because of who, like, when you're around guys that also – that's their identity as football. Um, but I think that I've, I've done a, a better job, um, of understanding that it's not like football is a part of me, but it's not who I am. Like, I want to be known for more than just the football player, Logan. Like I want to be known for being a genuine human being who treats people with kindness, like things like that. And, um, yeah, I definitely think it's easy to stray away from it. So it's, you do have to constantly battle that, um, especially at that level, because, there's just not as many believers. Um, I feel like at that level, they're just chasing money. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I was going to ask, like, like does that ever get difficult? You know, being in an in industry that's by and large, you know, not pursuing faith, so to speak. And like, how do you how, how do you combat that? Like, you know, how do you have faith conversations in locker rooms and on the field and, and, and those things?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that. Luckily, we have a um, a team chaplain who was a former player with the Bengals. That, and prior to that, we had another team chaplain. My first year there, that um, we got close with, and it was we did like we would do um, couple studies throughout the season. Like it, now, it was this was during? I think this was 2020, so it was during COVID. So we were zooming, um, but we just have like fun little activities, and then you could you would be able to see. Um, what other guys were pursuing their faith as well because sometimes sometimes people don't necessarily show it you know what i mean like they don't you wouldn't necessarily know like they're nice human beings and yeah. but you wouldn't necessarily know from just talking to them that they're um that they were pursuing their faith like that so it's it, it was nice to be able to have to, to see who else was in like your
0: shoes essentially well where does where does where does faith start for you like where does where does your journey begin
1: um, well, so when I was born, I was baptized Lutheran, um, but growing up, um, we never really practiced. We never really went to church. Um, what's the term for people who go to church, like on Christmas and Easter? Like, you know, isn't there like a term for people that only go on those days. Uh, I was going to say lukewarm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's so like growing up, that's all we used to do. Um, was just when we were with family is when we go to church. We never really, my parents never really took us to church. Um, And when I was, I got, so I had gotten really close with um, one of my high school coaches at the time, right before, I mean, this was like growing up. We had known each other and he was a younger coach at the time and he had a kid. Uh, My, in my freshman year um, at Wyoming, his baby boy passed away from SIDS. And, um, he told, I mean, this, I mean, this, him and I have gotten really close. Like he's going to be in, in my, in our wedding this, this summer. So, um, uh, but it, I feel like that at that moment was when, um, I really started to, cause they had really, I'm like, they really relied on God to get them through a situation like that. And for me to be as close as I was to him and see it like see them go through something like that and realize the power of God to put them through something like that is kind of where my journey essentially started. Um, and they, like, they're someone we, we Morgan and I both look to for like guidance as a couple like that. Um, just because I just can't even imagine going through losing a child. Um, and they, I mean, they're, they're unbelievable. And just to like, so then to go off that. So they chose the Bible verse, Joshua one, nine to like essentially remember their, their kid. His name was Brooks. Um, and, and the, for you don't, if you, those who don't know the verse, it says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God will be with you wherever you go. Um, and I used to, one, when, when I went to their, the little baby's cemetery with them, I told them that I was going to play, like, I was always going to represent Brooks the best way I could with how I was able to play, like glorify God on the field with how I played. And, um, they had, they made these wristbands and they had a tournament. I feel like I'm branding everything, but they had a tournament It was no, called good. the Play for Brooks tournament. It's like a golf tournament they do every summer and they raise money for Sid's Awareness. Well, anyways, they made bracelets for that. And so I wore it every day. Um, it was just something I wanted to wear and just always have with me. And I would wear it on my wrist um, during games, but one time it got torn off. And so um, eventually I was just like, okay, I, the way it won't get torn off is if I just get the tattoo. So I got a tattoo of it right here. Nice. And, um, for those that know me, I do not like needles. Like I can't <laughs> <laughs> needles. Um, and so I got the tattoo on a Saturday night and, um, you know, got with all this tattoo, Joshua one, nine went, went to church Sunday morning and our pastor, he's talking about overcoming fears in your life. And what, if you had to guess what verse he was talking about the day after I got that tattoo,
0: Joshua one nine.
1: Yeah. And like, I can, I'm literally getting chills thinking about it right now. I was sitting in that church service with chills. I was like, this doesn't just, this doesn't happen by chance that he's talking about this verse the night after I just got the tattoo. Like that's, and so, um, yeah, I've just been trying to pursue it ever since. And, um, one of the biggest blessings in my life was my fiance right now. Um, she's a firm believer in Christ, and so am I. And um, I think that we'd eventually like to get baptized, like re baptized together. Um, yeah. But she's helped me pursue my faith more than anything anyone ever has. And um, that was one thing that, because uh, like my parents did end up getting divorced. And they didn't have a, a faith-centered uh, marriage. And I don't even know what the rates are right now, but divorce rates are an all-time high. And because she also went through a divorce, Morgan, her parents did. Morgan's parents got divorced. And so we both went through divorces. And we knew that like the only way you can get through those tough times is through having that faith-centered mar- Marriage. Um, and I went to a wedding last summer and the the pastor that did the wedding said it best. It's like, it's a triangle. It's like, God's up here and you two are down here. And if you're keep, if you keep shooting up there towards God, then your marriage will be successful. You know, it doesn't mean you're not going to hit highs and lows. It's just going to, that's just going to be how your marriage is going to go. So, um,
0: Oh, for sure. Well, I can, I mean, man, I can, I can even attest. Well, first off. First off, that's awesome. And, and I definitely think that, you know, the church service, the, the the morning after, you getting that too, and even just what that verse represents, I, I definitely don't think that's an accident or I don't think that's that's a coincidence. I definitely think that that's, you know, I definitely think that the Lord is, is completely in that, which is so awesome. And it sounds like that was a huge turning point for you, which is super cool. Yeah. And even, you know, I've been married for over two years now, and it's like, I can honestly say, like, if if it's not rooted in, you know, faith, like it, it, it really is just so tough. Like, yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's, you're, it's not always agreeable. It's not always like X, Y, and Z, but it's like you always have something to fall back on. And it's like, you know, if, if you ever do view as like, okay, well, there is an out in this, then, you know, your mind goes to these places, but it's like, if you firmly say, you know, no matter what happens, this is not going to, you know, we're not going to separate. Then you really like based off of like, you know, your faith, like it really is such a firm foundation. And and it's like, I don't know. I, I'm just saying if the two of us weren't believers, marriage would be very, very difficult. And, and it still is difficult, but yeah. like it, it it makes it less difficult if you both know, like you said, it's the triangle. It's like, I'm going to love you best if I'm pursuing a relationship with God and I'm not making, you know, I'm not idolizing you more than I'm, more than I'm following him. Like, mm-hmm. cause if I'm, if I put you over my relationship with him, then you're going to let me down. I'm going to put expectations on you that are unhealthy yep. that you can't meet. And it's like, it it is this system just comes crumbling down and it really just does become so destructive when, you know, when you put all of this on your spouse and she was there, he or she was never meant to carry that because mm. ultimately they can't, they can't carry that. Yeah. Um, so I can just say, I can promise you it is 100% like easier, more satisfying. Like it's just the way that it was supposed to be, you know, two people c- becoming together, becoming one and pursuing a relationship with God and pursuing each other. It's just, it really is awesome. And it would be honestly, I think miserable if the two of us weren't, 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 uh, pursuing that. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, you know, even like, you know, now it's off season, but as much as y'all travel and train and, and, and watch film and practice and prep and all these different things, you know, you kind of mentioned y'all have a chaplain. Um, what are ways that throughout the season that you try to maintain, because obviously you're, 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 you're physically disciplined throughout the season. You know, you talked about practicing on Monday, resting on Tuesday, lists on Wednesday and all these other things. How do you stay disciplined spiritually throughout the season when you have so much riding on the line with, with, you know, with the, with the games and with prep and practice?
1: Yeah, I think that is something that for me, I do have to be more consistent about. Um, I think it gets easy to just kind of stray away from it because you get so caught up in everything else that you're doing with football um, because it is a busy lifestyle. Um, but I think that one thing its just so I have a reminder all the time is the Bible app on my phone, honestly, because then you can like you got all those different little plans that you can do. Um, you can do them with like friends and family um, or just like getting that constant daily Bible verse just so you can, um, you know, see what that verse is about and see what it's talking about. And uh, I remember we were doing premarital with the or, um, like different, not the chaplain there now, but it was a previous chaplain. Um, and the one thing he was like, he said to do, um, for us because he understood that we, what with what we do, but playing football, that when your day is done with football, like when you're on your way home to go see your fiance or wife, um, that like turn on some Christian music and just to put yourself in a, good mood and like just to try to push all the football stuff aside and go give your significant other, the attention that they, um, that they need when they've been gone, all you've been gone all day. I mean, we're literally gone from eight to five, like a typical day job on Wednesday through Thursday. And, um, you know, Morgan does a lot for our dogs and running the house and gross. I mean, so many different things that, um, I could never do without her. So that was one thing that I did. I do try to do now learn from that.
0: Well, even I think, I think it's even cool. You know what, what you said about playing worship music in the morning. Um, And I, I can't really speak into this a bunch because I've never had to like get amped up to go play in a professional football game. Um, But I mean, even, you know, like you said, with just with, with, um, with worship music, I mean, even, you know, before games, if, if you're in the locker room, you know, with AirPods, I mean, for me, I mean, there's a lot of Christian songs that I promise you get me more amped up than listening to a Drake song. Um, To me, even just to encourage you, I I don't know if you ever do that, but there's a lot of songs out there that, that are worship that are, you know, more upbeat tempo, more, you know, kind of rah, 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 kind of, if you will, so to speak. So, I mean, I think even that's, you know, something cool for your faith. Like before you, you know, go play a game, it's like you're not finding your identity in that sport. And it's being reminded before you go take the field with I'm going to play this game, this is my tattoo for for God's glory. And I'm gonna glorify him on the field. Yeah. Um, whether I have three sacks in the game or if I, you know, missed a game winning, you know, or if I if I missed a tackle to lose the game, you know, it's like constantly just filling your mind with you know, with, with worship and mm-hmm. you know, like you say with the with the Bible app. I think that those are such huge things to help keep us grounded discipline wise with, with our spiritual self.
1: Yeah, I've never tried that um pre game wise, but um that might be something to look into, honestly.
0: I can send you I can I, I, I can send you some. Yeah. I have there 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 are some really good songs that if I'm hitting like a if I'm hitting like a heavy back squat, I got I got a few go tos that I'll that I'll that I'll throw on there that, that definitely get me more amped up versus if I was listening to something a little more slower. Yeah, you'll have to send those my way. I will. I'll have to send, I'll have to send those to you. Um, but you've talked about your fiance a lot, which that is awesome. Um, but you know, you're about to be a husband. When are you, when, when are y'all getting married? Uh, July 9th. Oh, awesome. So you're coming up. <laughs> yep. That's like, that's, Soon. that's three, months, three away. months. Yeah. Less than now, I think. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you, cause a lot of people, you know, ask this on the podcast, but what's the biggest thing that you've learned since getting engaged and what are you most looking forward to about becoming a husband?
1: Oh, man. The thing I'm probably most looking forward to um, when I become a husband is being able to, like, call her my wife um, and then work at our marriage, you know, for the rest of our lives and be able to love her and um, treat her the way that, uh, okay, I just got this. When there was a – during premarital – he talked about like there's gonna be times where it's, there's hard times, and it's like you gotta think through things. And his phrase that he told me to think through, not that I've ever, is just, um, what, how would you treat God's daughter? And that's how you're supposed to treat your wife or fiance. And I think that, um, being able to just love her, care for her through all the hard and tough times is, um, probably what I'm most looking forward to, and being able to grow on our faith together.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. What have you learned? What have you learned since getting engaged? About like us or just, yeah. I mean, just about like, about, you know, y'all together yourself. So I remember like when me and Sadie got engaged, so to speak, we, you know, we dated long distance and we got engaged and we were, um, mm-hmm. I was, I spent the summer with her family in Louisiana. And then even just since getting married, like even just like the cell, self- I mean, everyone always says, you know, when you get married, you realize how selfish you are, but, it's even in the sense of like not even selfish of like possession stuff. Like it, it can be selfish of like emotion or like you don't want to have a deep conversation cuz yeah. you don't want to have an argument. Like you realize how selfish you can be with like just wanting to be like just in this happy little perfect box and like marriage is not always going to look like that. So sometimes you do need you do need to have those conversations and you can be and I can be selfish of like I don't want to go here right now because I'm tired, but I know that this conversation is going to benefit us in our marriage and, 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 and as being parents. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I just didn't, I, I don't know. I just, I just had that thought of like, I just didn't know if, if you've learned anything transitioning from, you know, dating to, 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 be, to being engaged.
1: I don't, I'm trying to think if there's anything like specific that um, I've learned. I think the probably just, being more intentional with our time together, if that makes sense. Like we live in a social media world, you know, where you can just be sitting and scrolling through Instagram and Twitter and Facebook all the time where, um, you know, we've like last season, we really tried to be better about that. Um, like once the day was over, just not being on our phones as much and just being in each other's presence. And it wasn't like we had to be Talking about stuff for you know two hours straight, you know, just it's just being in each other's presence and hanging out, and um, and then having having conversations. But I would just say the biggest thing is just being more intentional
0: uh, with our time. Well, I just I, I just wrote this down. Um, this is this this was a piece of advice that somebody gave us when we were engaged, moving towards marriage. It was never say never always, and this has been a great one for us. So what that means is like. So it says it's never say never always, which means never say never and never say always. So in the sense of like, you never do this or you always do this because most of, like it 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 helps you to 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 not be so dramatic. So mm-hmm. like with say it can be, you know, you never do the dishes or you always you know leave this this way, but it's like no, you don't always do that. And you don't never do that, but it's, you sometimes do that. So even just creating language of like, you know, just always being mindful of being like, I'm never going to say never and I'm never going to say always because if, because really what I found, it's like, if you say those two words, then the primary reaction upon hearing that is just defense. You know, if, if I say you never do this, then it's your first thought is becoming defensive of, well, I do do that sometimes. So, That's been, for me, one of the biggest things that – one of the biggest advices that people have given us as a couple is never say never always and always just be, you know, thoughtful and and intentional with your words. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to take that. Well, last thing I want to ask you before we wrap up, what are you most looking forward to this season?
1: I haven't even really thought about this season yet, to be honest. I've been playing so – Worried about getting my. I'm a big, like, I live in the here and now, like a big present guy. Um, And so I've been so, you know, focused on getting my shoulder right and um, working on all the wedding stuff that we got to get figured out. And granted, Morgan's done uh, 95% of all that. But, um, you know, for for the season, you know, I'd love another, like,
0: like another potential Super Bowl run or.
1: I mean, I'd love for us to be able to be crowned Super Bowl champions. But. Um, I also know how difficult that is. And so it's going to take a lot of work, but, um, uh, you know, I think that we, we do have the guys that can, that can do it again, make a run at it again.
0: Well, there you go. You heard it here first, 2020, would that be, yeah, 2023, uh, um, potential yeah. Super Bowl champions. Potential, right? <laughs> potential. There we Such go. Such a long we're, season. We're, 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 you gotta have so many things go your way, but we're putting an asterisk next to Potential right well man i'm glad to hear that that your shoulder's doing good um i mean i'm just thankful that you were able to join me today and we were able to have this conversation because i really think it's going to help a lot of people and i just enjoyed getting to know you more and and hear more about your life story
1: thank you for having me it's a pleasure being on here and meeting you officially virtually
0: yeah bro thanks for thanks thanks for being on here